We're back. Oh, right. Copy invitation. Nice. Wow, that's great. Uh, invite. Copy invite link. Contacts email. Google space. Yeah. We are back online. We are back online. Sir, where are the rest of students? I just got back. I didn't even send the invite yet. And I saw people coming. Oh, wait, admit all. Let me put admit all. I need to adjust it so that everybody who is me. Okay, sir. Uh, everybody in, admit all. Everybody, okay, admit all. I need to set that people should not have to once you have the link. You should be able to come in. Great. Are slowly signing back in. Let's close this video. Let's send the invite to the This is the link. Oops. Map control C. But this only has 14 students. There's more than 14 students in the class. Great. I have a pro account now. I won't have the same problem. I just had to do that. Ah, not. All right, guys. Um, if you guys know of any students who is not, uh, who is not on, let just read. You can if you tell to them that would be great. I sent an email. Again, I apologize for the technical difficulties. We won't have this problem again. I just had to. Up I was trying to connect my Zoom that I created to my JTS email.
to connect it because I always told that we have to first add an activity and then link it through our Zoom. I've been doing, I, I, been, I spent all day trying to do that. I waste my, my day today, was wasted doing this and back and forth with JTS online, trying to get this up and running. So, and I couldn't be bothered. So I created my own thing and that was basic. So now I had to drive and get my card and the, the, and you know change some fundings and pay for a pro account just now, which, okay, in order for this to work, because I did not want to miss this class. This, the first class is usually a very important class. Very, it's a very important class. And, uh, but anyway, we'll be able to wrap, uh, we'll be able to get through as much as we can, a couple of minutes. To, we, I usually take breaks. So I guess we won't take any breaks. We'll just go from, we'll just go straight to the class. We'll just go straight through. There's still, still some students who are not in as yet. Uh, as soon as the students are back, you will have them. Uh, 13 students waiting for the students to join us. Okay, so um, it's 7.25. We, we, have, we, we only have an hour, hour and a half. And that's good. So I probably, we're gonna use 30 minutes to finish the Okay. So we're gonna spend the next, uh, as I said to you, I, the first class is introduction, getting to know the student. This is the 40 minutes. No, it's not the 40 minutes Zoom. Um, this is the pro version Zoom. Okay, as of now, I um, I went and purchased the pro Zoom just now. I was trying not to have two, so now I have two Zooms. One JTS that is pro and another one that is pro. So I wasn't I was trying to merge it as one, but then create a new one through the JTS account, but that didn't work either. So I had to create a whole new one through my JTS email. But we won't have the problem that we had before. We have a pro guys. So we're good. We're large. We're ready. Now we will start in. I think people is uh, people are slowly. I think we're missing some students. We still have about three more students that's not that's not on. Um, Three more students. That's not on. But we, I was making a very important. This first class, the first class, I said to you, this particular class is getting to know the students, getting to know the resources that you have available to you. Um, I said to you, the course outline is not set in stone. You never set a course line, a course outline in, in stone. You never do that. Because a course is to be facilitated towards the students' strengths and weaknesses. So I have to understand you. We have to understand each other, understand your professor, understand the students, understand your peers. You guys are going to be working in groups, understand the people in group. And that is very important. That is very important um, to be understanding each other so that we can move forward in an effective way with an understanding um, because we know people's strengths and weaknesses. Um, that's very, very important. That's one of the thing, and I, that's one of the thing I learned while at Georgetown. I'm doing a teaching course at Georgetown, and I'm, to be honest, I, you never, as you grow, you can you continue to learn. Knowledge is not static. I mean, the United Church in the U.S. has as one of its principles: God is still speaking. Because if God is than that which nothing greater can be conceived. If God is than that which nothing, God is than, we conceive of God as the, um, as the omnipotent 
we conceive of God with omniscience. Um, we conceive of God as being omnipresent. We conceive of God as being ultimate. In other words, God is beyond us. We try to make sense of God, but God and the understanding of the ultimate is vast. It's beyond us, and but we try sense of God with our milieu. But do you know that God communicates with us with based God who is all intelligent and all knowing? He understands us and he communicates to us based on who we are. Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. That's what we've said. Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. And so it's very important. It's very important that as you begin to, as you, as you chart your way through life and chart your way through this course in a JTS, it's very important that, because, you know, I learned some years ago, life is about people and how people relate. Life is about people and how people relate. Without people, there is no life. The relationship that exists is facilitated by community. What is it, what is it that facilitates community? Um, facilitate relationship, communication, okay? And of course, we talk about effective communication. So communication facilitates this human dynamic, facilitates the interplay and the exchanges that happen between people. And when that happens, life is happening, because remember, life is about people and how people relate. So when you think about Caribbean thought, Caribbean thought suggests the Caribbean, and it also suggests thinking. Okay, a particular kind of thinking. What kind of thinking? You know, but we will get into that. So this particular class today, today is, I want us, and even beyond, and this week, because when you think of a course, you don't think of a day. You think of it in terms, if it runs from, this online course, it runs from, this is the first week. So this first week is introduction, learning about the course, understanding the, who are the students in my course, you know, people, when people go to, sometimes when, usually when we go to, go to academia, we go into a classroom, it's about just learning the paper, what's on the paper, learn, I'm trying to understand what's the course and on the paper. No, I, it's going, be, and I said to you, I, and I sent an email, I made about eight changes to the, I mean, nine or 10 changes to the course outline, because as I learn about the students and so on and so forth, and also what's going on in society, and, and what I believe that as students, you guys should be aware of, say, for example, the issue of immigration is a major issue in the US, in the Americas, not in the US. And I'm going to ask you a question. Um, if I ask you, where is, if I ask you, is Jamaica, is the Caribbean considered, an, is, I say to people, is Jamaica considered, is a Jamaican man, a Bayesian man, I say Lucian man, is he an American? Is he an American? Because you're who is, is he an American? And I, and I say to you, sometimes we had a limit. Sometime in the past, we had limited, well, I believe that I had a limited understanding of American because it, it was believed that America, the Caribbean is the Caribbean, the, the Caribbean Sea. Yes, and then the Amer the Amer America is America. When you think of America, you think of just the US. Some people think about Canada and the US. And some people may even go further thinking about Latin America, Central America, okay? And then there are those who, as you continue to read and to engage people and to travel the world and understand all things, you realize, oh, Caribbean you, can also be considered American. 
We're part of, in, not in terms of a particular country, not in terms of country, okay? But in terms of geography, in terms of geography, many people don't realize that if you were to look at the geography, and we will take, and we will get a chance to do that. If you look at the Caribbean, look at the map. If you look at the map of the world, and you look at how the world is constructed, the continent of the world, you have mainlands, and then you have the offshoot from those, the offshoots or the extenuate, whatever that extends. So for example, if you drop water or ink, if you, if you were to have an ink and, and it splash or or, or if rains, if if a rain, if rain should if if it rains in color, if you notice if you splash up something against a hard surface, it splatters and it leaves drops all over the place. Those would be like the islands. You have so you have the main land, and then you have the creation of a main geographic content. Surround it is the offshoot. So the offshoot of the of of the American continent would be the Caribbean islands that surround it. But of course, there are islands all over the world. Islands, when you think about islands, islands aren't just in the Caribbean. You have the Asian islands. You have, you have Asians all the Alaskan islands as well. You have islands all over the world. And you notice that many of these islands, islands are offshoots of mainlands. So the Caribbean islands, we are part of the American, we're part of the Americas. Just so you know, we are part of the Americas. And we'll talk about that some more because as we go further, when we, when we start talking about, when we start to define Caribbean, okay? And we talk about the symbiotic relationship that exists between Amer the Americas and the Caribbean. Okay, the symbiotic relationship that exists between Americas and the Caribbean. And of course, you talk about the dynamics. You talk about the dynamic of diaspora, diaspora, which facilitated by brain drain, so on and so forth. So within the whole idea of life being about people and how people relate, when we come, when we approach Caribbean thought, we are approaching it within that particular milieu or within that particular understanding or frame, understanding that life is about people and how people relate and this relationship is facilitated by communication. And what is communication? Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. Communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. What now notice I say what was the monopoly, what was the monopoly? Because society changed. The dynamics of society and societies, and the dynamics, in other words, how people relate to each other whether through privilege or power, okay? Or whether through equity that is enacted by diversity, we must understand that the relationship that exists between people is facilitated by communication. And communication can be, and we say that communication is to make popular, to make popular, to popularize, okay? To make it popular, to make it everywhere. What was the monopoly? So if I share with you, so the information I'm going to share with you, I have it in my head. It's not, I, I have monopoly. I have control of a particular information. I, if, and- Excuse me, sir. 
Yes. Quick question. So um, Jessica is in the waiting room. She's been asking for oh, a while. Thank you. I will adjust the setting. I have to probably go and just uh, settings, I think, so that everybody have, once you have the links, you, be, you should be able to join the class. So I apologize about that. But so I'm talking, so communication is to make popular what was the monopoly. Okay, so when we think about communication in terms of in those ways, Oh, sorry, I was saying we're talking about control. And one of the things that we're going to talk about, when you think about con when you think about Caribbean, they think about control. About Caribbean, one of the words that comes to mind is colonialism and post-colonialism. What does it mean? What, what is the word? When you say colonial, what does it mean? To colonize is to dominate. To colonize is to control. Now there are systems, okay, that you or strategy or you have to set up a particular system in, uh, in order to operate a particular thing. So you think of systems or systematic things that creates dynamics in the world. And I said, I'm, I, uh, some time ago, I told some students in the previous Caribbean Thought class that I studied strategy at Georgetown. I'm studying, and I studied the, I read the archives. As a doctoral student, you get, you're exposed to, to archives and you see, you are exposed to things that many people don't have put their hands on. Yeah. And one of the courses I hope that JTS will have is a course called strategy. Okay, say for example, so the world, people take the world for granted. People take, and I say to people, that is why it's important for you to study society. And in order to study society, Caribbean thought, you study, when you study, when you look at this particular course, Caribbean thought, you're actually studying society. You're studying society. You're studying the, the people within the Caribbean and those that extend from it. You're looking at, and when you study something, you're studying patterns. Academics like yourselves, people at the collegiate level, what makes us, what separates us from other thinkers and, 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 and students and scholars at, at this level is that we are studying, we are looking at patterns systematically. Okay, we're looking at patterns. And that's one of the ways you develop your critical eye. You look, at, you look at the patterns that exist and how it changes. You look at what pertains and how it doesn't pertain anymore. So it's very important that you, so, the, so we're studying society because we're studying people and we're studying people. Remember, life is about people and how people relate. What facilitates this communication? What is communication to make popular? What was the monopoly? Now, if it was the monopoly, it suggests control, okay? Because who, if whoever has, whoever controls the narrative, say for example, you look what's going on in Russia, look what's going on in China, yes? In fact, look what happened here in the Caribbean where slaves weren't supposed to be. And the second book that I have, I dedicate, I dedicate it to my dad and I'm gonna read the dedication page to you when I say, he was only supposed to have a ninth grade education. My father was born in 1944 in Jamaica, died in 2011. He had a, he, he had a grade, his education went as far up to the grade nine at first. That's all he was supposed to have, yet he was supposed to raise a family, have a career, have, a, have an education. I mean, sorry, feed his family, not necessarily an education. And yeah, have an education up to the grade nine where he can work in the fields probably or he can continue to do agriculture, or maybe work in servitude, okay? Or probably do hard labor, 
or whatever the case, whatever the thing is, you know, if you look at how, if when the slaves, when they brought slaves, and as I said, so this is an introduction class. So we're interested, many of the, many of the things that I'm discussing, you will, we will, we will delve into it from the second class all the way up to the final class systematically. And we and you will have lecture notes for, and I have lecture notes for you. I actually created lecture notes for today, but I'm moving beyond that. But I want you to understand the code. Remember, again, let's start from where we are. Life is about people and how people will live. What facilitates this relationship? In other words, life does not exist without people. But life does not exist without relationship. And remember, we say that life is what you make it. Again, life is what you make it. When you start, we're going to do something called the foundation, the foundations of knowledge. And looking at Homer, yes, and looking at the Odyssey. And, you know, I grew up in Jamaica. And I, I, I did this course, liberal studies. And if I could find that book, let me see if I find that book for you. Uh, I have a book written by Homer. Can't find it. Um, the Odyssey and the book called the Iliad. That's part of Greek mythology. The word myth does not mean fake or false. It, it has been, it has evolved to take on that terminology for people who want to establish privilege and position. And they want, yes, so the word myth was never myth. Myth was a very important word. Myth is actually a very important word. Myth means something serious. Myth means a, a kind of truth, a kind of logic. And when we go, when we uh, later on, we're going to, as we look at Caribbean thought, one of the things that we're going to be looking at is, I know you guys do ethics. Now I was looking at, I was looking at the courses in this department. I know you guys do ethics. I know you guys do critical thinking. Um, that's one of the courses. And I know you guys do media or communications. But this course, we will briefly, we will look, we will delve into critical thinking. What is critical thinking? It is thinking about thinking and thinking that challenges you, okay? It is thinking about thinking and rethinking what was previously thought, okay? Um, because when you realize that, when you realize what, that life is what you make it, that's very important. Life is what you make it and life is about people and how they relate. And to the relationship between the North, the global North and the global South, the relationship between the black and the brown and the white man, the relationship between peoples in the society and what, that relationship looks like, or the dynamic of that relationship, what that relationship looks like, is facilitated by other conditions. Okay, so this is very important. So it's so you have to do some critical thinking. Yes, you have to, and of course, one of the things that we do in this course is we watch a lot of film. You will watch several films: Life and Death, Twelve Years of Slavery. I. I have never recommended 12 Years of Slavery to the class, but I was reviewing the online portal and I saw that in previous years, they did walk through 12 Years of Slavery. Um, I believe that things should change. I believe that as people grow, as people evolve, what you did in 2015, you should be using the same material. Maybe you should use it to support. Excuse me, sir. Present material. Yes. Um, Nadia has her hand up. Nadia, sorry. Um, yeah. Yes, sir. It's just to ask um, that you let in Sean. He's in the waiting room. There we go. Sorry. I need to give somebody a privilege to be able to do that. One of the things.
this class, I need some probably an, an assistant or someone who will help to facilitate some of these things. Um, but so as I where was I? I'm still catching up to your train of thought, sir, because I joined late. <laughs> I know we are looking about the Caribbean thought is about people and how people okay. and okay, which addresses the dynamics in society and that life is what you make it. And if life is about people and how you relate and life is what you make it, there are those, yes, who privilege a particular life and privilege a particular position. So so life over time has evolved on a particular dynamic, which places people within a particular position so that the way that they relate with each other, the way that they relate to each other is shaped by that historical evolution, okay, of how those who choose to make it, make it. Yes, and I was talking about the Odyssey and the Iliad. Many of you may not, you know, we grew up in Jamaica, we're not exposed. I was not exposed to Greek mythology. I was not, and I'm gonna tell you that. I was not exposed to Greek mythology. We were, there are some ideas we have about Greek mythology, but then you realize when you start to study the foundations of knowledge and the hegemony of faith, you start to realize, wow, so much of Greek myth, or what we call myth is not necessarily the myth. I want you to know to reshape your thinking, go, go back and look at what myth is. But I mean, really look at what myth is. But when you study myth, don't, please remember that when people speak, they speak from a school of thought. So when you read, you have to read, I talk to people, you read widely. You read one author that says one thing, read another author that's challenged that and then come to a position. Yes, that's very important. Okay, so read. So uh, we're gonna, we probably were gonna loosely look at myth, but looking at myth, and looking at the, the looking at the earlier, the earliest information that we have of society, the, the earliest information that we have of society will help us to facilitate a particular position as it relates to humanity or where we're coming from. Because every civilization and every society, whether they begin with an oral tradition and that just tradition an oral tradition of all things. But it starts from Homer, and I was trying to find my book. It's called The Iliad. I cannot find the Iliad. The book that you don't have to read it. But I started reading the Iliad. I started reading Greek mythology, and I studied the civilization. I started studying the foundations of knowledge, looking at where does where our knowledge of all things, where does it originate from? And if life is about people and how people relate, and people have sought privilege, then and then you realize that, wow, over time, people have sought to privilege certain positions so that they can realize profit, so that they can advance themselves over other people. And they will, we talk about race being a pseudonym. Are you hearing me? And race is a creation. It was created in the 1600s. Race, there was no such thing. There was no idea of black and white. And there, that, there was no concept of that. Sir? Yes. Sorry, sorry. I have to keep screaming because I don't know if you're hearing me or not. My um, ahead, yeah. speaker goes in and out. But you are asking where the earliest knowledge comes from, and I was just going to ask if you are referring to the Bible or something else. Well, I mean, that's great. I mean, that's listen. This class, you say anything. I, I'm happy that you interjected just now. 
Because when you study the foundations of knowledge from the patristic period or before the patristic period or before the Middle Ages, the patristic period of Aristotle, but before that, to the early church father, or before Augustine and so on, and you find even before that, you have Greek myth, Greek, and by this is not myth. You have several ideas about God and about society and about life that pertains. And all of that evolved over time. Do you remember when we talk about epochs and civilization from one civilization to the Greco civilization, Egyptians and the Greco civilization, and, and, and we talk about oh, the Persians before that, yes? Um, we talk about these civilizations and one civilization fall and another rise. We talk about feudalism, yes, and serfs. Yes. Talk about capital and all of these morph into different, all of these isms and schisms and all of these civilizations yes. is based on a dynamic interplay of human beings. Sir? Go ahead. Oh, I can't tell if you're hearing me or not because the, the microphone isn't lighting up um when i speak sometimes but like you you you're talking about i think you're still going back into because um i was actually watching a video um last night on the intertestimonial period and it was talking about the different civilizations that rise and fell in between um yeah. in in between that time frame but um what the guy was showing us he was actually giving us like a a, a he was showing us on the map um, how Israel developed and how essentially the fur, other than the Garden of Eden, um, like Ur, when Abraham, Abraham was taken from Ur, how, you know, the different civilizations came up from that. And I know the Greek civilization was one of them. So would you, wouldn't you say then still, it's all still pointing back to the Bible? The Bible was not the first. The Bible is one of the newest books. And the Bible is not just one book. The Bible is a compilation of several different books. And some, and what, what happened is that what we call the early church fathers, a group of men, church fathers, we call them, okay? But we, we people put value and premium on things based on how it speaks to our own privileged positions and consciences, okay? But we call them church fathers, but these men and Augustine, Augustine writing, Augustine was not part, originally part of that group, but and they saw what he had written. They said, oh, this is, this is sweet. We should include this, the confession. We should, we should morph this into the scripture. We should morph this into something deep. But the point I'm getting at, there were other writings. And we're going to talk about this later on in the, in the class. And we won't get to everything in this class because this class is a 2,200-level is a course. It's a 200-level course. So because it's a 200-level course, some of the concepts and some of the things I can't get into. If we have a Caribbean thought, Caribbean thought, two and Caribbean thought three, then yes, we can now unpack this course so that we, we talk about this thing systematically. But one of the things that I'm hoping that JTS will offer is the foundations of knowledge, a course called foundation, because you will get to understand that there are writings that exist way beyond the Bible. And many of you know that already, but when you study scriptures, when you study the writings, they are include, they mirror that, but the themes differ. Based on uh, are you, writing, say for are, example, are you are you refer, referring to like uh, the uh, apocrypha, like things that weren't included in the Bible? Are you referring to like the other manuscripts 
Uh, no, there were things found. that yeah, there were there were there were there are writings about the uh, other civilizations, about the foundations of civilization from way from thousands of years before um, before the Bible, and so, okay. but and and but various men. You have the Jews came up, and you have the, the Muslims came up with with the the, the Quran, and I, I think I have it here. The Jews came right. up with 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 with, uh, with 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 their Jewish Judaism and their oh because, okay I understand what you're saying. So what I'm saying is that every Christianity is like Judo Christianity because it 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 branched off from Judaism. But I know that like for example when they found the um uh, what was it those manuscripts that they found in the cave those are some of the earliest manuscripts and they confirm the Jewish writings. Okay, but the point what the point am I talking about? Um, the point I'm making, uh, yes, fine, writings, but the writings, the literature that we have, the knowledge that we have about all things, they come from somewhere, okay? And society influenced the writings. And I say to you, life is what you make it, and that people try to, life is about people and how people relate to each other, and people privilege themselves and their position and find certain writings and information that support their privilege. Okay, that makes sense. But I, that I is, understand now. Right. So I understand. Uh -huh. So you know, so you know, talk about, but we we are going to delve into some of these concepts as we go on. This is an introduction to the course. And I started talking off tangent because um of what um Jaloy, Jaloy had said earlier, talking about what he wants to do. And I said, you know, Caribbean thought is about lifting up issues of human ethics and human value. Human value and ethics, of course, is a lifestyle people and how people relate to the issues of ethics and human value. There are people who privilege their position. Okay. In other words, you talk about slavery and now you move away from slavery, but you still have the black position. There's still racism, there's still discrimination. Okay. There's still terrorism. There is still people, there are still suicide bombers. Yes. There, I mean, in other words, there are still people who, who will. Who have an understanding of self in relation to others, and there are people who privilege a particular idea about self over others. Okay. But men have always privileged themselves when you study the foundation of knowledge. From the very foundation of knowledge, even with the stories, when you start to read the Odyssey and the Iliad, yes, and you start to read Plato in the Phaedo, when you start to read what's the book that I took just Excuse me. When you start to read Orientalism and Occidentalism, written by Ian Baruma, yes, uh, Ian Baruma, called The West in the Eyes of Its Enemies. The West, and you'll see this, The West in the Eyes of Its Enemies, Occidentalism and Orientalism. Those are very important words, especially if, you're, if, if we are, we're formerly colonized people. Very, those, that word is important, Occidentalism and Orientalism, okay? Um, caricatures and beliefs that the West have about the East. As again, caricatures and beliefs that the East have about the West. Okay. Yes. Sorry, I keep interjecting, but uh, just because you're saying some things and, and I had a question. All right. Um, do you think that um you know in in christianity there are um martyrs you know people that died for the cause of of their faith 
do do you think that it is fair to judge Muslims for doing the same? Because you had touched on 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 suicide bombers, I think, or something. Yes. Because you were talking about the the different aspects and and how people um, identify. So, do you think that it is fair to judge that religion? Because essentially, is it that the same thing that Christianity is doing? So, did, um, go ahead. I love it. Go. If I can um, um, talk about um, respond to Jessica, Miss um, Cohen. All right. So, remember for for the Muslims, you know, even though they do bomb themselves. But what they do in the government, other other persons as well, they're not only by themselves alone. No, um, Christians get beaten and, and get killed for their faith. But Muslims are literally do um, we call you know suicide, uh, suicide plus um also murder because they're killing other, killing other persons um with them. So that the alone that dies when they do the suicidal um bombing and all that. You understand? So that is not I don't know that would be the same as a Christian dying for their own faith, for the Christian faith. All right, that's an excellent point. I was I was looking at it at the uh, from the perspective of being like they're both martyring themselves for their faith, not necessarily the 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 that the aspect of them um, yeah. possibly taking others with them, but the cause is the same that they're dying for what they believe in. Well, from that aspect. Let, okay, first of all, we won't generalize. Um, I won't. Let me not. Not all Muslims believe the same thing, and. There is, and I guess we talk about dynamics, there is dynamics, and the word dynamic is very important. Um, there are dynamics of faith. There are, there are various branches or denominations of Christianity and, they, and their various beliefs. Not all Muslims believe in terrorism, uh, but, uh, but they, they, will they die for their faith? There are some believe they will die for their faith, but there is those who believe that they shouldn't proselytize because faith is a personal matter. And, um, and no one faith is more important than another faith. But of course, persons who are of a particular faith, some faith feel as though they have the right faith. And again, the word privilege, okay, privilege position. And so they believe they have the right faith over the other faith. So the issue of, so there are those, so not, I don't believe, no, there, isn't, there, there isn't anything wrong with challenging people's faith. Of course, there are people who tried, um, Carrie Irving tried to challenge the Jewish faith recently, and he was derided. I mean, for those who watch um, sports or what was happening recently when they called Kyrie Irving an anti-Semitic. They said he was anti-Semitic because he believed that all oh, black people were the real Jews, or he promoted something on his Facebook or Twitter media saying that the Jews, the real Jews were, um, the real Jews were black people. And when they penetrated Africa, they, they, took away their culture, their tongue, and a group of people took on the took on Jewish, the Jewish idea, the, the Jewish name. Okay. And so over time, um, just as or, or in if, if you study Egyptology, if you study Kemitic spirituality, um, Kemitic spirituality, which is part of Egyptology, okay, um, and within a particular period in Egypt's history. Uh, you find Europe had and England had dominated Egypt uh, and colonized Egypt and took over, took their writings, took their, their discoveries as their own. Okay, for example, the term Pythagoras theorem was invented by a, a black man, but of course, you, when, you never know that. You thought Pythagor Pythagoras was an Italian, 
Okay, but then you learn over time that his assistant was black and he was the one that, but so you, so I am saying all of this, I said all of this is that there are those people who believe that their history was, the history was taken away from them. So, so the issue of, so the issue that some people, so I have, I have written in an, an article saying that if well, nothing is wrong with people challenging other people's faith, it becomes a matter of apologetics. It is a matter of theology and a matter of apologetics. But what, but what we have is that some, some people in some societies not believe that, this, that, that their, um, their ideas should be challenged. And so they, came, they come up with beautiful words such as anti-Semitic, okay? And, um, and, and outlaw, and so you cannot challenge those, those faiths. But the thing is, faiths are to, I mean, if we are human beings and we're striving for truth, Nothing is wrong with challenging someone's faith. And just so you know, not all Muslims believe in terrorism. Not all Muslims are suicide bombers. And they are also, they are so, and they are, and, and, and of course, Christian, Christians die for their faith. But when you say when Christians die for their faith, how are they dying for their faith? I think it's how are Muslims dying for their faith? I mean, but there are people who believe strongly about their faith and will go as far as to die. But doing what? Um, they believe that they should commit terrorism or, demo or, or, or do like what they did on January 6th when they stormed the US Capitol. Um, is, that, is that how, is that is what it means? Is that, is that who a martyr is? Um, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily dying by creating violence in the world, but dying um, because you believe in some that you believe strongly. You believe strongly about a particular thing. So that's and um, and you are living by the tenets of the faith. You you have not created any disruption in society yet. There are people who will kill other persons for the faith or you die for the faith because you you don't want to. There are things that you don't want to do. So so you have to look at it in the you have to look at it in, in, in those ways when you look at martyrdom. Martyrdom is is an interesting idea, okay? So, but nothing is wrong with promoting one's faith, but dying for the faith is another issue. Um, and, but not all persons, not all persons would uh, promote acts of terrorism. There are those who, who are peaceful in their acts, but we're not going down, let's, when, that's not necessarily the discussion right now. The discussion is looking at the idea of the importance of looking at Caribbean thought in terms of looking at how people believe and the fact that people relate in particular ways, making popular what was a monopoly of life is what we make it. And so there are people over time who still relate a particular position. And if you study history from the first man of through, this, through um, the development of Western civilization from the Greco woman, from looking at the, the Odyssey and Homer's, Homer's Odyssey, if you look at that, then what you find is a situation where man try to privilege themselves. So, but you go, you, but you find yourself in, in, in the 21st century. From that, you find yourself in the 21st century. You come to the, you come to the 21st century, and what pertains in the 21st century? What's happening in the 21st? Century? Okay, so those are some of the things you want to, to explore. But we've gone off on a tangent. We've gone off on a tangent, and I want to wrap up the final hour, giving you guys the chance to finish, giving us in. 
introducing yourselves and what you hope to achieve from this class. And finally, also, when you, um, if you have an idea, you throw an egg against the wall, it doesn't break, it doesn't fall. How come? If you have an answer for me, let me know. Okay. Now, so I know I, where are we? Sean, I have Sean, I'm seeing Sean, I'm seeing Mary. Sean, you throw an egg against the stone, it doesn't break, it doesn't fall. How come? Sean, are you there? Excuse me. Sean, are you there? Mary. Sir? Yes, go ahead. Welcome to the class. You too. Egg against a stone. Um, it's a wall. It doesn't break, it doesn't fall. How come? So if you throw an egg to a wall, yeah. Maybe that wall is cushion with baby sponge. So the egg would not break and somebody catch the egg so it don't fall. Yes. That's my idea. Because if you throw a raw egg to a wall, the, 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 the egg is fragile, the shell is fragile, so it's going to break. So you see that wall is going to be cushioned with sponge. Yes. So when the egg hit the wall, somebody catch the egg so it don't fall. Yes. That's my idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh Mary, my um, Richard left us. I'm sorry, and I wanted to um I wanted to speak to the class before he ran. Um, anyways, all right. So now tell us, Mary, tell me something about you. Why is it that um what is it you hope to achieve in Caribbean thought or what is it you're doing at three? Okay, uh, Mary, I'm a first year theology student. And um, my quest is for more knowledge. And uh, doing the course, Caribbean, well, the first I heard about Caribbean talk, but running through the course outline, then um, this course will help me to understand more about the problems that we face. Mm. Not only in the Caribbean, but adjoining, other adjoining countries and the challenges that we have and how we can deal with them. Ah, beautiful. I have a question, yeah. Mary. What are some of the challenges that we face? What are some of the challenges? So yes. we know that um, the Caribbean was what once by colonial, you know? So mm -hmm. yeah, but that, that is one of the problems. And then we will know the impact these, these, these challenges have on us today. So, okay, so Mary, you said colonial. You know, you said colonialism poses problems for the Caribbean. Okay. What was the problem for you the colonialism? You said colonialism poses problems for the Caribbean. Yes, because uh, and those challenges that was before still have an impact on us. So even today. How so? How so? Yeah. Well, I did not go much in depth in it. But uh, from thinking, um, remember our foreparents were enslaved. You know, they have mm. rules, their own rules and stuff that they hand down on us. Yes. So some of those still follow us today. It's still a challenge for us. And uh, 
And that's that's good. That's what I'm talking about. You just use the word. You said thinking. Word yeah. thinking. And this course is a thinking course. So that's good. So those are some of the questions I will ask. You will say something that I ask you a question. I might ask you, what is the impact of that? What is the consequence of that? What is the consequence of that? What is the effects of that? Um, you know, so I mean, some of those questions. And so that's very important. But yeah. so much, Mary. All right, who is next? Sean. Okay, so. Well, thank you, Mary. I really appreciate that. Let's, Sean. You're yeah, sir, sir Mackenzie. Yes. I'm not sure if you're calling me. I stepped out um, for a little bit. Yes, yes. Um, you're next. Tell, you throw an egg against the wall. It doesn't break. It doesn't fall. How come? Um, I'd have to think about that somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> really? By the way, Richard Bedford has joined us, and I really did not want Richard. I wanted Richard to come for the class. It doesn't fall. It doesn't break. It doesn't fall. How is that? Sir, what's the question? You throw an egg against the wall. It doesn't break. It doesn't fall. How come? It does. Throw it against the wall. It doesn't break. It doesn't fall. And this wall is that is is made of sponge. Somebody catch it. Somebody it was a dream. Jessica, it was a dream, sir. Who said it was a dream? Okay, no, that's not the I don't think it was a dream. Um, Jessica, you you have your hand up. Go ahead. Okay, there are several people who have their hands up. I see Tamar. Um, but are you hearing but this? I see Tamar. Um, don't speak yet, but the thing is, hold on, guys. Uh Sean was on the floor and he was introducing himself. When Sean finishes. I'm going to ask Richard to quickly speak because I know he has to run. Um, Richard is a very good friend of mine. I'm happy to have him in the class uh, visiting. I would love for him to share quickly and um, give a short word. And then, uh, and then I'm going to be back. But Sean, finish with what you were saying. Yes, sir. Um, good evening, um, colleagues. My name is Sean Reed. I'm third year student. Um, I'm just... I'm, I just, for this class, I just want to explore and, and interact with the, the dynamics and the, the, the different perspectives that help to shape who we are in, um, in today's society. Um, we, yeah. cannot, we cannot hide from, you know, a little bit of Greek, a little bit of Roman, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, um, slavery, all of these things, you know, from a historical perspective to where we are now. Um, in Jamaica, we have a motto that says, out of many, we are one people. And it, it, it's an indication of how we are shaped in today's society. So I'm just here to, you know, to interact with the, the various perspectives and, you know, to, to add to what we can do to have our own identity in some respect. Thank you. Thank you so much. You, Sean, out of many, we are one. What, do, what, what is your understanding of that? Out, you said, out of many, we are one. That's a Jamaican motto. What, what is your understanding of that? Um, it, it, for me, it's all about our background and how diverse we are that has led us to where we are now. 
and so, so so we're 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 both mentally shaped and and how we interact as a people to where we are today and it's not just shaped by 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 quote unquote one race or anything like that it it's it's shaped on on various dimensions so that's how i view it okay okay so we are you so out of many different backgrounds that we are one you say we are one what is the challenge of that if you were to if i were to ask you do you have a problem with that statement if you were to look at it is there, is is there is is that it really is at the end of the day as jamaicans as caribbeans who who are we really It says, out of many, we are one. So we are one people. But doesn't that pose a problem for individuality? If, if we, because if I were to ask you, what is the ultimate of all things? What is the ultimate of all things? You have to answer that, but that's going to be a question I will ask in this class. What is the ultimate of all things? And I might say to you, the ultimate of all things is that we live as one in reality with all of our individuality. Because a man once said, Kai Gagard, Kai Gagard, and Kai Gagard, K-I-E-E-R-I-K-E-G-A-A-R-D, Kai Gagard, said, once you label me, you negate me. One of the things that we do in Caribbean thought is also this issue of identity. Because as I have said in a recent writing that I did, I talk about, what was it called? The Congo and the Black, the black Position. Oh, neoliberal, neoliberal globalization, the Congos, and hybrid identity. So I do a podcast. Uh, it's a, by the way, you and I'm going to introduce, I'm going to tell you guys, a lot of the discussions that we have, I have a, I have a podcast. We did some of the some of the discussions that are taken on the podcast. In fact, the next podcast that will be published, which will be tonight, you will hear me having a deep discussion with Professor Emeritus Dr. Martin Oppenheimer about neo-capitalism, neoliberalism, Phariseeism, Pharisees, Phariseeism, and the bureaucratic phenomenon. That's a part of Caribbean thought in the global North. Caribbean. Okay, I have a sit down with him and it's going to be part of the second book, which will be out soon. But I talk about those things, very important. Okay, so as I say to you, Sean, out of many, we are one. And I say to you, what is the ultimate of all things? And I hope you're making notes, guys. And this class, I think we are recording. What is the ultimate of all things? The ultimate of all things is that we become one with reality in all of our individuality. But if the ultimate of all things that will become one with reality in all of our individuality. Now, what does that mean to, out of, to the Jamaican motto, out of many, we are one? Do, is there a, say for example, and let me tell you why I brought this up. I had a, we had a big, we had a big debate in, in New Jersey. We had a big family thing some time ago, couple, Thanksgiving. And I had a major, it was, it, it was so intense. We had a major debate in Jersey Shore with my family and a group, a group of intellectuals. We were arguing about, was it Spice? Spice had done something. She was going to perform somewhere. 
and I actually responded in an article about this too. You know, I write a lot. I, you know, part of the, part, by the way, the first thing we should have done when we, when we come to the class was ask you guys, is there anything going on in, in, in the newspapers? That's what the first thing we could, moving forward, the next class we have, the first order of business is that we're going to go into, we're going to, I'm going to ask each of you to list off something that you have read in the newspapers, the, the, the Jamaica Observer, the Jamaica Cleaner, or some Caribbean journal. I'm going to ask you something like that, okay? Um, to share a, to share a, to share a comment, to comment on a major news or a major issue that's happening in the Caribbean. So each of you will have at least every class five minutes to lift up something that's happening in society and to comment on it. Okay, and you may also want to comment on it in relation to an ideology or to a school of thought principle. Yes, you might want to do that. Okay, but Spice said something. Said she was going to perform somewhere. And there was a problem. And she, and she said, if I want to perform. Oh, are you guys hearing me? Hello? We lost connection and I kept talking and talking and talking. Oh my God, this is ridiculous. But I'm, I think I'm back. I think the guys can hear me. Oh, welcome back, guys. So anyways, I ask you some questions about uh, what is the ultimate about things? If Jamaica, say for example, Philadelphia, let me tell you about Philadelphia. They said that Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. But lately they said that we haven't been seeing the love and the affection. We haven't been seeing the love. Where is the love? Yeah, we are Philadelphia. And in Philadelphia, it says, oh, it's a city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Where is the brotherly love and the sisterly, sisterly affection? Out of many, we are one. You know, and they said, are we truly one? But what does this oneness mean? Does it mean that, does it, does it mean that there is no individual anymore? What does that speak to? What does it say about the individual? 
that what does it speak about assimilation? What does it be, speak about what Kaigagad was saying? Once you label me, you negate me. What, you know, those are some of the questions I'm telling you when, those are some of the questions you want to ask yourself and you come to a conclusion. You ask yourself those questions. Why am I thinking like this? Did my mom and dad put me up to this while I, <laughs> you know, but those are some of the thick questions you, you want to challenge yourself. Okay. All right. But that, Sean, so I, I want to thank you, Sean, for that. And it was quite an interesting. Uh, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Now, it's 8.21. Let me give, um, take a break and ask Richard to, um, and in, in, in invite Richard Beckford, Professor Richard Beckford, Reverend Richard Beckford, a very good friend of mine. And, you know, I, I'm part of the reason I'm at J3S teaching is because of Richard Beckford, okay? So kudos to him. And um, welcome, welcome to the class, Richard. And I hope you can visit us as, as regularly as well. Uh, welcome to the class. And um, is there anything that you would like to share with the class and with, with all of us? Are you guys hearing me? Hello? Something is wrong. I don't think the students are hearing me. Hello? Are you guys hearing me? No, they're not. They're not hearing me.
So, so um, ourselves so that we can get fully acquainted with each other. Well, not we, because I'm not a part of the course. I'm just dropping into what's going on. But so that you can get other. I think he's coming back in. Robert Mackenzie, are you back? Yes, we. Uh, yes, I was talking. I, this, everything was working. I saw everybody and I was talking, but apparently you guys weren't hearing me and it, I, I actually saw you guys and everything. But yeah. Hearing me. <laughs> yeah, no, we weren't, we weren't. Uh, I'll hand back over to you, sir. No, Take but go over. ahead. Um, welcome. I, I don't know if you guys heard what I said earlier because actually I spoke for about eight minutes and then I realized nobody was responding to me. <laughs> I was still logged in, but for some reason it created a, uh, it's an, it's, I think it's an IP address issue. I'm not sure what happened, but I was, um, I saw all of you, my thing was working, but for some reason you were somewhere else. But welcome back guys. Um, I spoke for 10 minutes just now, 10 minutes or eight minutes, trust me. And, um, and then I realized nobody was listening to me. <laughs> and for some reason they had created a shadow image of the Zoom link, which Maybe because we are in different places, I'm not sure what happened. But um, Richard, welcome aboard. So I had said that you are you're one of the re reasons why I'm at JTS teaching this um, and I started teaching this course. So thank you so much, sir. And um, I would like you to address the class. I don't know what you had said before, but is there anything that you, uh, please? I would love for you to um, to address the class. Quickly. Well, I wasn't I wasn't saying much, but. <laughs> I, <laughs> I kind of figured you were talking <laughs> and uh, I kind of figured that was happening. Yes, yeah, so, I, I, so I, I apologize about this, guys. Um, but I have a lot of, I think because I have a lot of application running in the background. So, uh, got you. Got yeah, you. Um, but any charge to the class? Well, just to say good evening to the students. I think you, you have. Um, a facilitator for this course that has a wealth of knowledge and it's not knowledge that is only located in one discipline. Um, Reverend Mackenzie is, is a lifelong learner. And since I met him at JTS, uh, a batchmate of mine, uh, we at that time recognized that um, he He's one that gives serious attention to scholarship. So uh, I know that you all have um, a lecturer who I would say for the next 15 weeks, suck him dry. What I mean is get all that you can from him in terms of 
his thoughts, particularly in as it relates to the course under review. Uh, he's a strong advocate for um, the Caribbean um, people, those who are located within the region and the diaspora. He's a strong advocate for us um, to be vocal um, on the global scale. Uh, um, and as he said earlier, being global in a global space, uh, he's very strong on that. Um, yes. Looking at him from a post-colonial um, perspective. And I think that will help us quite a bit and the various disciplines. We have several students who are here from um, the social work discipline, the guidance and counseling discipline. And, yes, um, yes, I like that. Learning. Yeah, you know, and the, the students will be engaging people within a society, um, a society that is rapidly changing and is rapidly influenced by the North Atlantic. <laughs> and so it is, yes. it is critical that we understand the, um, the context that we're in. And, uh, you know, I, I know Reb is gonna take you down, down the road uh, to explore what Caribbean is. And one of my challenge with us as Jamaicans is that we are quite insular. Um, and, and when we speak of Caribbean, we speak only of Jamaica, and those who are in Kingston only speak of Jamaica, only in terms of Kingston. Yes. But um, the Caribbean is a is a is a is a huge geographical space, and as you said earlier, is a diaspora. Yes. Um, there's a diaspora outside of the geographical region that continues to think Caribbean. Caribbean. Yes. Yes. And and I think we should allow ourselves. Um, to, to expand the boundaries of our thought processes, um, whatever field you're in, whether you're a social worker, whether you're a, a theologian or a biblical scholar, um, a counselor, you and, you and I have to expand our thought processes on beyond the boundaries that we have set for ourselves um, because the world as the world is right now, those boundaries have been shattered. And, and so a Jamaica is influenced not merely by a Jamaican culture, but yes. a Jamaican influence by a, a, a culture outside of the, the walls of our country. So, you know, I, 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 I'm excited about this course. I won't be here every Friday. Um, I'm excited about the journey. And yes. I, I'm excited about the facilitator you have. Um, you guys have to keep tabs on on, on Reverend Mackenzie because he has so much that he has to share. So, so <laughs> I am telling you, man. Yes. <laughs> and he'll engage you. But um, great, great gentleman to have. And um, uh, you asked for a charge. That, that's my charge, really, just to engage you, um, engage the boundaries beyond our Jamaican um, context. My my field of expertise is that of biblical theology, and and you know, uh, reading the scriptures in a Caribbean context at this point in time um, has to be done not in a very 
not in a way that was done 30 years ago. It, you know, it has to be done in a way now um, where, where the knowledge you're gaining um, within the, your particular field is able to intersect with the knowledge that a culture or cultures had gotten um, within the scriptures close to 2,000, 3,000 years ago. Yes. Strike the see the parallels and, and see, and I'll speak to those who are, who are, who are theologians and, and Bible people, see the parallels and see um, what kind of, how you can engage that, those scriptures with the context now, but those who are not Bible and theology students who are social workers, um, who are counselors, uh, what is critical, what is critical is, I use a biblical term, is an exegesis of the culture, mm. is an exegesis of the culture, right? And, and so when you hear a Reverend McKenna, next class, the first half of the class, I want to hear what you guys have to say about what is happening within the, 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 the society. What have you read? What are you reflecting on? Because when you sit to talk to people, whatever discipline you're in, you're engaging a culture broader than their issue, but it is affecting their, their, their current um, reality. And so that is critical for us to pick apart the cultural nuances that exist. Uh, and that's for all vocations, all vocations. So, those are my few words in the name of our Lord Jesus. <laughs> I, we didn't even pray when we started. So um, I'm so sorry, guys. I know this is a theological seminary. We should have um, begin with prayer, but um, we can end with prayer as well. Um, but the, I mean, this is the beginning of the course. But um, thank you so much for those encouraging words. And Richard Beckford will be back in the class. We're going to, I didn't include him as yet because I didn't reach out to him as to see his availability to guess to to be a guest to, when, uh, when we talk about religious consciousness or Caribbean theology, because we also visit Caribbean theology in this class, although I know you, do, you guys probably do theology and probably more, a lot more theology, but we touch on it a little bit. And so we will hope to have him sometime in March to, excuse me, when we pick up the topic, looking at this religious consciousness and um, <clears throat> looking at, and uh, just so you know, we talk about religious consciousness, we're also talking about um, Rastafarianism, you know, I, I understand that the Muslim culture, of mu the Muslim religion is also growing in Jamaica. Uh, we want to, you know, you want to look at that. Um, I didn't get, we didn't get look at the syllabus yet, but um, some of the books that I, we're going to be looking at is Development and Underdevelopment, Latin America's Political Economy, written by James D. Cockcroft, Andre Gunder Frank. Andre Gunder Frank is, 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 a, is the real deal. He's really good. Um, and Dale L. Johnson, he, Dale L. Johnson, um, he, I believe he's Jamaican, but, and he wrote this book, and we also, and there is this also book called, but well, this is a book, it looks at dependence and underdevelopment, and one thing you might hear me say, what kind of economy does Jamaica have? Jamaica has, and I might, I, I probably shouldn't even answer the, answer the question, probably you guys should answer it, but I might say, I used to say dependent capital. Dependent, we're a dependent capitalist country. Notice the word dependent. Dependent is the adjective that describes the kind of capitalism that we have. 
okay? So capitalism is the noun, but what kind of capitalism? Dependent capitalism. So there are people who say, oh, Jamaica is a capitalist country. What do we mean by the capitalist country? Okay, we will delve into that more. But I, by the way, looking at eaten, the social political economics of a particular country is also understanding the society. Okay, looking at how the economic arrangement, how the society is arranged economically, will also speak to the dynamic or the relationship that exists between people. Okay, or whether between people within a particular society, within a look within within Jamaica, or within a region, the Caribbean or within the global south as against the global north and then the, there's the world, okay? And so I, we, I talk about that at length in the book, but looking at um, dependent capitalism, we are dependent, but with some amount of, with some amount of, 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 of a capitalist structure that's based on hard work and labor and privilege. Because capitalism is about profit, but profit for who, what, where, and when. Okay, and so society is set up in such a way that would what? That would determine profit for who, where, what, and when. That's why, as I say to you, you always ask questions in, in your life, especially as academics. That's part of critical thinking. We talk about capitalism, about profit, but profit, okay, profit for who, what, where, and when? What questions are not being asked? What, what questions are not being, what is not being said? That is what you, okay, that is how we approach um, this particular subject. Okay, so, so that's where looking at how society is arranged and structured and who benefits and against who don't benefit. And then again, I think I made some notes recently. When you study the, uh, the black society, when you, study, when, you, when, you look, when you study the Caribbean society, and when you study the Caribbean society, this is what you will get. Um, sports, politics, and immigration. Uh, when you study Caribbean society, there's a question that I, I think I said I wanted to ask. I think I have it right. I wrote notes earlier. Please let me have it. Please let me have that notes. Very important note that I have. Um, assertions. Assertions. I assertions. What assertions do I have about Caribbean? What assert, assertions do you have assumptions? Okay. Um, and many and assertions are usually based on anecdotal evidence. It's anecdotal because it's not studied fully. Okay. It, it's an inference that one academic inference, but it's not, it, it's, it's an assertion because it has not been studied and gone through certain the process and rigors. So it's an assertion means it's an anecdotal evidence from inference, from not just looking at patterns and shapes and so on. So what are the assertions about Caribbean? Um, and I say the, the Caribbean continues to provide a view of the black position in the world. Again, the Caribbean, continue to provide the view of the black position in the world. And if I were to ask you, what, jump, what comes to mind when you think of the Caribbean? I said a place of dependency, mm, probably. Um, beauty, divorced from the people. Now, you guys have to read my latest article in the Gleaner, and you guys have to read my latest article in LinkedIn, the neoliberal commentary, because I speak to this, and also the podcast, the neoliberal podcast, and I also speak about this issue, about... Um, Immigration and I actually there is a uh, there is a but I wasn't going to talk about it until we deal with immigration. But I do a quiz about many people when they travel. The only way people uh, the only way when 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 travel happens, look at when travel happens. You have to look at it when travel happens from the global south. From, and by global south, I mean formerly called third world. 
or developing in nowhere called global. It's politically correct to say global south. So when travel happens from the global south, when people from the global south emigrate and go to the global north, post-industrial country, former colonial mass, when, they, when that happens, we look at what, how, sorry, let's turn it around. When travel happens from the global north to the global south, what do they say? How, how it is characterized? Oh, that's tourism is taking place. Yes? But when travel happens from the global south to the global north, what do they say is happening? Uh, it's, de it's determined as, they, they, it's usually viewed in one way. Not, not as tourists, it's viewed as people seeking refugee, people, sorry, people, they're, sorry, people seeking asylum, or they're seen as refugee, or they're escaping some reality. They're escaping some reality. And usually the reality is not necessarily economic when it is mentioned in the public. Okay, when, okay. It's usually, the, the country from which these people come from the global south is usually demonized by the very same people because that is what society has determined. That in order for people from the global south to come to the global north, okay, then they, they, have, to, they have to come seeking, the, the, the only way they can get entrance is through applying for some asylum, like what's going on in El Paso, Texas, and what happened at the border today. Or, but this is very important, looking at it in, when you look at it, trying to position and understand Caribbean. Look at how travel takes place, okay? It's easier for somebody from an Anglo-Saxon country, a white Anglo-Saxon country, to travel. It's just recently that they now are requiring visas. But before that, if you look at travel between a post-industrial country or between the global north, if your Anglo-Saxon is different, it's the determination, the adjectives and the adverbs, the languages that, the language, language is important and we're gonna talk about that. Language is important, communication is important. Again, remember life is about people, you know, people relate, it's facilitated by communication, okay? And that communication, communication is to make popular what was the monopoly okay communication um communication is set up in a certain way to continue a particular privilege or to continue a particular dynamic in the world which facilitates the black position okay um and i said to you just now whenever the caribbean whenever if you study the caribbean and its peoples black and brown peoples in the world today they continue to provide a view of the black position in the world a place of dependency a place of black and if you were to study other black and brown people in the in the global north in a post-industrial like the US. And a lot of the as and I live in Philadelphia, and there are a lot of sections that's dominated by Jamaica. There are some sections that's to you know, find other Caribbean people. Okay. And they live in certain pockets and certain areas. Okay. So the problem of Caribbean, so whatever problem that they go, go through, we it's we're affected by that too, because that, you know, the Caribbean, there is a connection between the post-industrial countries, especially that of the US and the UK. And okay, so this is very important. So I say to you, the Caribbean, when you study the Caribbean closely, you understand the black position. I came to the, I was making a story, I came to the US and I said, what am I gonna study? Oh, I'm gonna study liberal studies. I did a master of liberal arts. And I did it and I studied neoliberalism or globalization because I said, I wanted to understand, here am I in, in the US. I need to understand why is it that there is so much wealth and so much poverty. But then I realized there is pockets of poverty. 
but the pockets of poverty. Who are these people who are poor in the US, in the global north? And why do they not, how is, it, and how is it that they look so much like the people in the Caribbean? They look like the people in the Caribbean. The pe okay. The socioeconomic issues that many, that, but that, that many of, that you find black and brown peoples experience in a post-industrial country. And then you look in the Caribbean and you say, wow, wait. You look at Harlem with culture. And you look at, you, uh, you study peoples in various, in the global, and then you look what's happening in the Caribbean. And you find a similarity in terms of their language, their tongue, their experiences, their experiences that they go through. So it speaks to the black position, the black and brown position in the world. And then you study history, but not just history, the foundations. And then one of the class, if you go to, if you go to my website, www.thenailyboard.com, I say to you about Haiti, we're gonna, by the way, we have three guests that will be speaking in, that will be coming to our class. Professor Emeritus, Dr. Martin Oppenheimer. He is right, he is my, the chairman of my dissertation. And he's also uh, contributing, he's also writing, this second book with neoliberal globalization. He's a distinguished professor. You can written several books and so on and so forth. He will be speaking with us. Um, you can type him up, but he's really distinguished gentleman. Uh, there's also the president, the executive director for the International Justice on Haiti, which is a which is a which is part of the U.S. United Nations, the United Nations International Organization that is that's run by Brian Con Cannon. He's going to join us. We start talking about the Cuban and the Haitian Revolution and Haiti and so on and so forth. Um, and then we have uh, John Anthony Castro. John Anthony Castro is running for president. Um, his brother ran for president. He's a contributor to the podcast, the Nigelboro Round podcast, and he is an advisor to the Nigelboro Corporation. Um, we give God thanks for, for that. But he is, I have, I ring his hand. I, I got him to come in because we're going to be talking about American penetration in the Caribbean and what that means. And going to talk about American politics and all of that in one of the classes, and he's going to come and present. And you will get to ask these people questions. You're going to be able to, you can ask them, they're going to probably speak for probably maybe 20 minutes, and then you can ask them any questions you want to ask them. Okay. So, so and of course, you're going to have Reverend, Reverend Richard Beckford, who will be coming to the class, and the Reverend Hewitt Holmes. Reverend Hewitt Holmes will be, so both of those persons. So we have five guests that will be joining, joining us Reverend Richard Beckford, Reverend Hewitt Holmes. And of course, three from the U.S., Brian, um, Marty, and, um, and one other, who is the other, um, Brian, Marty, and, uh, and John Castro. John Castro is a big deal. John Castro is a multimillionaire, and, uh, and, um, and, and I got him to, and you know, he, the good thing about um, John Castro is that he, he's, he's a, he's a first-generation American. His parents are from Mexico, and now he's a multimillionaire running an international organization. And he is a supporter of the neoliberal corporation, guys. And we got him to speak to the class. Pick their brain, okay? Pick their brain, challenge them, engage them. And uh, I told them that you guys, so they are going to, so you can look forward to that. There's another thing that I wanted to look forward to. Um, let me see if I could bring this up real quickly. Oops. 
Let's go. this um, and then let's bring up this there we go now we are are you guys seeing the um are you guys seeing the um the course outline yes sir yes sir yes Great. sir so this is the course outline and it says three hours Four to two uh, contact hours is forty-two hours, whatever, whatever. Friday six p.m. to nine p.m. Um, notice the motto that I may know God, that I might make God known to people in the class who may be um, who may be offended by the word Him. So I'm going to use an inclusive word to know that I may know God and that I might make God known for persons who might be offended by using the dominant masculine term but for those of us who are not offended by that we can use him now this course focuses on and explores the diverse currents of caribbean thought which have influenced the development of caribbean societies from colonialism independence and beyond um, it traces the history of resistance and examines the quest for equality and the challenge of defining Caribbean identity within this post-colonial and neoliberal globalized world. Neo means new, liberal means free. So in its very raw, rudimentary definition, neoliberal is, is really talking about a free world, a liberalized world. But liberal means has always meant free, but neoliberal is new free. It's a new way of imposing and a, a, a particular system in the world. So, right, moving away from post-colonialism. So the word post means you're moving away from colonialism, now you're into a different world. It's a new kind of world. So the world is no longer built on control anymore. So you now it's post-colonial, we are moving away from control and dominance in that, and, and in that sense. So now a global world with free market, no borders, of course, we say it's a facade, but let's move in right along. Um, the quest for equality and the challenge of defining Caribbean identity within this post-colonial and neoliberal globalized world, not just within the geographic sense, but also in terms of a diasporic sense. Now, it challenges the students to develop and express their own critical thinking as a Caribbean people within a unique way that helps to what to realize further the hope of a free independent Caribbean that is bursting with hope and opportunity. By the way, Nakino, Nakino wrote an article in the Gleaner. And um, I asked, but one of the things that you guys can do, if you write a, if you write an article, a letter to the Gleaner is published, that's great. I'm going to promote it. I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to even, that's something that you guys can do. You get points for that, okay? So he, 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 we had a discussion in the last class. Is there any hope for the Caribbean? When you start to study this course, you're going to be uncomfortable. I'm like, oh my God, it's all negative, nothing positive. Okay. But this course is particularly set up in a way to make you uncomfortable. Okay. To make you, to make you uncomfortable. But so, in a sense, challenge your thinking, but it provides opportunity. The course understands that it requires that students begin to critique and explore their own thinking in deeply esoteric and critical ways 
that deconstructs history and philosophy. Notice I would use the word that deconstruct. You know, I one of the reasons why I start to write. Uh, I'm, I write a lot and I blog and I do a lot of writing. And I'm, I've, I'm finished with the second book, but it's going to be published by a mainline publisher, a hybrid publisher, because it's going to be by a hybrid publisher. I, we're going to delay, the second book will be delayed and uh, several other people will contribute on the second book. So that is delayed. But the course on it requires students to begin to critique and explore their own thinking in deeply esoteric ways that deconstruct history and philosophy. I was making the point that you, you will, at the end, you will create your own Caribbean thought, leading to a Caribbean academic journal of young academics and future scholars. Let me read it again. You know, I give God thanks for David Pearson every day. I, let me tell you, man, that guy, can I use the word I love him? He is amazing. He has single-handedly facilitated my writing ability. He came to the class or ethics class one day and said, guys, if you write a letter to the gleaner get to a public, and get it published, I'm going to give you an extra grade, 5% or something like that. And I'm like, whoa, anything for extra grade? And I just, I write, write, write. I was writing like crazy. But, you know, he said something. He said, he talked about how, how our history is written for us. You know, there are many things that I'm learning that I didn't know that, like Marple syrup or, or there's some syrup that was produced by some, uh, an old, some mix, what they call that, uh, the Marple syrup that we have in the Marple mix. For years, we thought it was, it was another group of people that, that created it, but then we, later on, we learned in history who was responsible for it. People deliberately hide history. People are deliberately made to be dumped so that people can, so that those who think that they have certain privileges can continue to maintain their privileges. That is why, you know, I'm writing, my third book is entitled Position, Power, Privilege, and Status. Looking at the foundations of, the foundation, the foundation of human society. The assertion is that looking at privilege and a power, power, poses problems for human progress. Again, power, and it's because we believe that power, this is the understanding. Society is, society is, you get up in the morning, you see a tree outside. Well, some trees are not man-made, so let's use, let's use some trees. You get up and you see the sea. Is that made by something? Or by someone? Okay. That's that's one thing, but but then you go and look at the car. You look at you 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 look at things that created, who gives it purpose, and so on and so forth. But the point I'm trying to make here is that people, we have to write our history, or the history will be written for you, and it will be taken over as somebody else's idea. And so that is why I, it got me writing. And I invite you to, to start thinking about your own. This particular course will help you to think a lot and helps you to deconstruct history. So I said, so I, I am encouraged. I said at the end, they will create, you will create your own Caribbean thought leading to a Caribbean academic journal of young academics and future scholars. This is what we are hoping. This is what I'm hoping to do with this. 
every time we have a class like this, every time we have a class like this, your final research papers, you're going to be groups of probably two or three, depending on how large the class is. I will know by next week and next week. And do, uh, uh, I'm going to send you all emails and so on. So you will, and, you can't, and by the way, just continue to um, go on the platform, the JTS internet and so on, because I'm going to be posting up a lot of assignments and stuff. I'm going to be putting you guys in groups of three. And the essay, the reason the final essay is actually going to be, um, it's going to be group work. The essay is going to be group work. So you guys will, so, the, so you write, we will have to write 20 to 25 pages. And, um, and it's going to be three persons per essay, because um, since we're doing a particular project, we're going to, if your essay stands out, stand out, we're going to publish that. We're going to put, we're going to include that into a seed journal that includes, which is about, we're trying to develop, it's the, we're trying to develop an academic journal of young academics and future scholars within the Caribbean perspective. So if your essay stands out, so that's what we are hoping for. Some people have their hands raised. I'm going to wrap up real quickly. Um, give us two, give me two minutes. The course, by the way, I said the course will make you estranged from self, but it's geared towards getting you out of your bubble and to consider issues that will make you uncomfortable. Um, the West, uh, I'll move on from that. That means moving from the local and turning to the global, like we are global citizens. And also we have to think about competitiveness. Uh, the course surveys the history and philosophy of the Caribbean and ways in which Caribbean has emerged as a society. Notice earlier I used the word hybridity. Hybridity, write that word down, it's very important. Okay, because I say, because I have written that we have a hybrid identity, a hybrid identity. When we speak about hybrid, what is hybridity? Hybridity in its raw, simplistic, in, in the most simple ways, is mixture. Hybridity or hybrid. Hybrid culture, mixed culture. By the way, if you look at, if you go onto the platform earlier, the first week of this course is that talked about 12, I mean, before the European scheme, looking at the natives, the Taino people, the Arawak. You guys can read that on your own. And you guys should have an, an understanding as to that. And if you go to Helsha Beach or Hellshire, way up to the top of Helsha and make a left, before, don't make a right, make a left. There's the Arawak caves. You guys can visit that. Um, and I lived in Hellshire, so I am very familiar with the area. And there's a lot of caves in that area. You can, and they still have some of the markings. Okay. Just so when you talk about the Caribbean, we talk, you have to also think about this issue of hybrid identity. First of all, who, who was here before the Europeans and before the black people and before Af um, African American, the Africans came here? There was a there there whole culture and a whole life. Okay. But that particular culture is divorced from the people that currently live there now, that currently live in the Caribbean. The people who live in the Caribbean, that's why they talk about the new world. It's a new people because the, the other pe set of people have committed, uh, I mean, were wiped out. Yes, they were wiped out. Um, but then you talk about, okay, what is the relationship between the people who were there and the people who are there now? Is there any relationship? Uh, okay, how did how is how did the natives who lived in uh, and what the Caribbean was before it is now? What is the relationship with the past and the present? Because people talk about we talk about the diaspora, the Caribbean diaspora, but there, what about the African diaspora? Because the Caribbean, in and in and of itself, could could be considered the diaspora in and of itself. The people from uh, in, 
And so you could speak of that, but then Caribbean is big. It's the, you, have the, you have the Latin, you have Latin Caribbean, you have French Caribbean, you have English Caribbean, and so you have an interplay of dynamism. And what happened? A lot of the, 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 the elites, they stayed in Barbados. What happened in Jamaica after independence and, and slavery ended? It's a, it's, it was kind of different in, in Jamaica. Um, you didn't have a lot of the mulattoes. Yeah, in Barbados, a lot of mulattoes live in Barbados. In Jamaica, it was different. But that's what you, you, you look at Caribbean society. And you are studying and reflecting and you're looking at what is. How is it that we came to be and what's the relationship that we have with the past? And the past, and we're talking about a Caribbean past. What was the past? Before, before the 1600s or before the 1400s. What happened before the 1400s in the Caribbean? And the people who come and live there who have this hybrid identity and this hybrid culture. Yes? And then how, these, how are these people today? What's happening with these people today? So this is important. And I talk, that's why I talk about neoliberal globalization. The Congos and the Black position, because as you know, the Congos was a colony of Belgium and France. Again, it was a colony of Belgium and France. And then you can study what and then and you can study what's happening because in, 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 in the Congos. But almost all of Africa was dominated. Why was Africa dominated? To the point many of these people were transplanted to the Caribbean. Okay, so those are some of the questions you may want to ask yourself too. And quickly wrap up here the core survey, the history and philosophy of the Caribbean, um, in which the Caribbean has emerged as a society in the shadow of colonialism and emergence of neoliberal globalism. This is way. Notice this, this is a very important point, real quick, real quickly. I know you guys, but you have to go. The course surveys the history and philosophy of the Caribbean and the ways in which the Caribbean has emerged as a society in the shadow of colonialism and the emergence of neoliberal globalization. Because when these societies became independent, as they speed towards nationalism, nationalism or a, a sovereign countries and nation, what are they met with? Globalization. So you wonder, wait, these countries only got independence so that they can, so that globalization can happen. So that, so that these countries can now penetrate them again in a different way. You know, globalization and the way we think about economics was changing at the time. Yes? So I'm like, wait. So these countries get independence in the 1960s. And as soon as they get independence, what's happening? Globalization is happening. And they are behind. But yet still, they are signing, they are signing up for, for an international trading trade arrangement to be part of the global market. But guess what? They can't compete with people who are already ahead, but yet still they're signing, they signing agreements to be part of this global neoliberalized world as if they, they started at the same point with these post-industrial countries. We'll talk about that some more. It examines the central ideological current of 20th century political thought in the region and covers topics nationalism, pan-Africanism, socialism, Marxism, feminism, democratic socialism, neoconservatism, neoliberalism, globalization, deconstructivism, critical race theory. Critical race theory is important. I like critical race theory. We don't deal with critical race theory a lot because they say, because you hear that, oh, Jamaica don't have racism, but we do, but not in the sense that we have it 
not in the in a but well, it's a different way, but we have in terms of how the races are how people relate to each other. But probably it's not necessarily in terms, it's racial, but you look at it in terms of how you look at discrimination, you look at your black and brown, but brown is there's still an issue of colorism. Color is still important, okay? Um, but of course, and education opportunities, so on and so forth. But critical race theory, strategy, and the foundations of knowledge and the hegemony of faith. Now, the reason why we have to look at critical race theory, critical race theory is not just an internal issue. It's not just what's going on in the local. Critical race theory, you have to look at in the world. You have to look at it in terms of the world. So you, people might say in Jamaica, oh, we don't have problem with race. But please remember that it's not, um, the, the Jamaica as a whole, the dominant race is black, okay? And, and if you talk about blackness in the world, what happened to black people in the world? Yes? Wherever they live, they experience lack. Remember, so I said the assertions, Caribbean continue to provide them view. So the assertions are crime and violence. Yes. Um, lacking in innovation, um, beauty, but it is divorced from the people, the tourism, from the tourism, no tourism, they're cornering on. By the way, if you listen to the, to the, to the podcast I just did on sports, politics, and immigration, um, I talk about immigration a little bit and I share an article and then I did about, with, uh, about, um, about Biden's immigration problem. Okay, so those are some of the things that you have to contend with and consider. So when you say, oh, we don't deal with race, uh, race is not an issue, but, but the country as a whole, wherever you have a predominance, a preponderance of a particular color, then the dynamic or the position of the, the dynamic in the world that, that places that particular color at a particular place in position will happen. Say, for example, you look, wherever you find black people or brown people, there is always what? Dependency, beauty divorce from the people, servanthood or, 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 so, or social security and welfare, um, uh, um, lacking in innovation or educational outcomes are poor, um, crime and violence or relative deprivation. But I write down, I wrote at the bottom, little but Talawa. Little but Talawa. There's something, the, the indomitability of the black and brown man. By the way, there is something, uh, and I'm wrapping up here. There is some, I wrote uh, in, in the epilogue of my book, and if you go to LinkedIn, I also did an article, and an article I submitted to Georgetown. I talk about reimagining and reinventing the black man and the black woman, where people like Dana Berry Black, Dana Berry Black, and I'm gonna talk about these, some of these black scholars, and people like um, who wrote Harlem World, uh, the guy who wrote John Jackson, who wrote Harlem World, and Dana Berry Black, and, and this other, who, the transatlantic, looking at the transatlantic, and looking at how people, if you look at scholars, black scholars today, the way in which black scholars are writing about the black experience, and the, it's different from how they used to write about it. When you, that is why I'm moving away from just having you just look at 12 years of experience, because when you read 12 years of experience, you're gonna, all you're going to think about, you're going to feel very bad. It's just, but they're, they're rewriting Black history, Black scholars here in the U.S. and all over the world. Instead of, they're moving away from a victim approach to a hero approach. I, I'm going to say that again. Moving away from race 
to reimagine and reinventing the black man and black woman. Yes? Moving away from the victim. So when people, when, pe when you opine, when you imagine the history of the black man and the black woman of the Caribbean, it's one, it's like, it makes, it leaves you feeling victimized. It leaves you feeling depressed. It, I'm like, wow. But, and, and so I'm saying to you, and I say, and I say to you, but people are now changing that. Black scholars, you know, you have more black scholars, people are writing now, you know, you, that's what I said. We need more writers. That is why we, I'm doing this pilot project. That's why I'm telling you guys to write and submit to the letter, submit letters to, we need more writers. And not just just write, we need more published writers, serious writers to write about these deep things and stuff. Okay, and the more you write, the better you become. I'm telling you that. The more you write, even if you subject verb agreement, sometimes don't match, we might make a few errors. That's fine. You keep at it because, okay, it's a work in progress. You keep improving and you, everything is not perfect. It may not be perfect. That is why sometimes I, I have to be careful about marking hard these things because you develop and I'm against intellectualism. I eschew. I eschew intellectualism, like Gramsci. Gramsci, if you read the book, The Prison Notebooks, you talk about this intellectualism, this privilege. Intellectualism was developed, okay? So that, so I, so I had to keep a certain people within, the, within, within a particular milieu and keep some people out. Connectionism, okay? This whole issue of connectionism and creating groups and cliques in society at the expense of the other. Good. So remember, I know I hear some of these. What nine twelve? Oh my God! Let me hurry up. Um. Oh, I I, I need to add this part. I talk about conservatism. Some of the topics we're going to be looking at: foundations of knowledge and the hegemony of faith. I imagine hegemony of faith. What is that about? Of course, um, there is hegemony of faith, as in anything. In fact, sometimes it is faith that supports hegemony, discrimination and so on and so forth. Faith that supports that, okay? And I talk about some time ago, the franchisement of the faith. That doesn't mean that the faith, nothing sets up that people should not embrace faith, but there are people who corrupt it, that, you know, the issue of corruption, economic inequality and poverty, we're gonna talk about that. You can read the thinkers. Um, I'm just gonna skip. One book that we will delve into, we come next week, is this, and it's on the, in the course outline. This book, um, you don't have to buy the book. I'm going to tell you when this is, I read a lot and I'm doing, I, I, I'm doing uh, several studies, several projects I'm working on. This is how you will read. When you get a book to read at the academic level, you have a lot of reading to do. You, the first thing you do is you read the title. You will, don't, you don't, guys, you don't have to read an entire book. I'm telling you that. That's one of the thing, I, the first thing I, the first class I did was at University of Pennsylvania, was a reading class, how to read at the, at the collegiate level. Or to read a hundred books in one week at the collegiate level. That's the first. Okay, you. The first thing you do is read the front of the book, title. Then after that, you say, okay, get a sense because sometimes the title tells you about it. If you read my book, my book is entitled Neoliberalism, Globalization, Income Inequality, Poverty and Resistance, and even the whole how the book is designed speak to globalization. If you look, I don't have a copy of my book, but if you globalization you in my book you have the american flag and the jamaican flag on top of the jamaican flag is, is a post industrial country and it's eating away at the caribbean itself and you look at this book it's called the wretched of the earth and according to Franz fanon he says today the post-colonial man 
is a political creature in every sense. I can't remember. Let me see if I can remember. It's somewhere here. Um, I can read it from. But we're going to take an. This is part one of the questions. The colonized man, the colonized, underdeveloped man is today a political creature in the most global sense of the term. Again, underdeveloped man is today a political creature in the most global sense of the term. That's a powerful sentence. What does he mean by that? A colonized, underdeveloped man is today a political creature. Political creature means that he is created political by a political system, yes, in the global sense of the term, looking at the global self global. We'll talk about that some more. But we will, so that's this book and also Homi Bama, Homi Bama. If you do Caribbean thought and the courses like this, have to know people. You have to know thinkers. Homi Bama is one of the thinkers you have to know. Homi Bama is, she writes the location of culture. Um, you have to know about Franz Fanon. He is the father of post-colonialism, okay? Post talking about colonialism and post-colonialism from the from, a, from This is East Algerian. Algeria was colonized by France. And this guy was really good, man. You're going to get this book and, and it's on the syllabus. So you, the front of the book is important and then all you need, and, it, and then you go to the... And by the way, I was telling you, this book, the wretched of the earth. Who is the wretched of the earth? <laughs> I tell you, book says it all. And the entire book is about this. So I'm telling you, you don't have to do too much reading sometimes. You just need to read the most important. The, the front of the book, the content, from start, read the content, study con the table of content, right? Study the table of the foreword. Sometimes people just get a book and start from the introduction. Mm -mm. Guys, learn about the author. How does he think? What ideological principles or school of thought guide him? So that then when you read him, you can understand why he make the assertions or come to a conclusion. Yes? So you want to read, not just so you, let me look at this. The Wretched of the Earth. Mm. By French, who is Franz Fanon? You want to read up about that guy. So when you get a book, once you can do that, you read up, you learn much about what he's writing about, then you get the gist of it. So just so, so that's what you want to do, guys. The title, and then you go to the, uh, and then you go to the. Uh, I don't know if other people are trying to join. And then you go to the uh, the content page, and after the content, the foreword or about the author or whatever. The foreword, foreword is very important. Some books have preface. You read the preface. The preface is usually the opening, the opening or the abstract will be in the preface. Abstract would be in the preface. That's okay, just so you know. Um, or the or the hypothesis, the fleshing out of the hypothesis would be in the preface. And then you can, and then you read the introduction, and then and then you, and that's it. You and then the conclusion, and then the first line of every chapter, and the second line. And we'll talk about that some more we'll, about reading. And I'm going to send, share with you an article that speaks to reading, collegiate reading. You're going to find that quite interesting. And I'm going to give you a reading assignment. And in the reading assignment, you are going to, I am going to 
facilitate a particular kind of reading. I want you to read it the way that I'm asking you to read, okay? I'm gonna ask you to identify certain concepts. There are certain concepts. You wanna look for the concepts. You wanna look for the principle. What, what viewpoint shapes his conclusion? What method, what methods is he using to, okay? When you read, you ask those questions, okay? What shapes his idea? Where did he go to school? Even when you do eisegesis or exegesis, sorry. Eisegesis is different from exegesis. Exegesis is a deep internal meaning. Eisegesis, if you want to do exegesis, okay? That's very important. So that when you read, you're doing exegesis really. As Christ, as theologians and so on, you, you know exegesis, okay? But as I said to you, you don't have to read the entire thing. But you want to get the pretext and the post-text or mean reading about the, his life and so on. So that's so one of the readings, one of the assignments, I want to, one of the things that I'm gonna we will do later on, and you will know about it. We're gonna put that into perspective. By the way, you didn't like all of you didn't get a chance to introduce yourself, and I am so sorry. I went on and on and on, and, um, and we were a little bit behind because of the class. So I apologize about that. Um, and so when we come back to the next class, I'm going to give you a chance to introduce yourself some more. But I also want to use the discussion group in the, the post, uh, the online platform to, to reply to the comments, reply to my post, the welcome and introduction. And you can introduce yourselves, um, create a post introducing yourselves and um, hope what you hope to achieve and so on and so forth. And that's very important. We wanted to have a dynamic and interesting conversation with the group. So what we don't get to accomplish here. Um, I want to say that the goals and learning outcomes for this course, I guess we can finish looking at that. You have an understanding of the outline of Caribbean history from slavery to colonial period. You understand the impact of that history, understand it and appreciate the influence of key historical and current figures, um, so on and so forth. We will get back to that. But finally, I said, you will submit a final essay paper that is well-researched and part of current thinking among young academics towards developing a Caribbean thought journal. Um, you will be, you will, will be able to use digital technology to transmit your thinking. I want to teach you how to do podcasting, and I'm going to give you free, a free link. So, so the thing is that I know it's not a communication class, but I want you guys to be able to, not only are we thinking, but I believe that as Caribbean people, we have to get access to digital technology. We have to be able to leverage technology. I want us to be competitive. I want to teach you everything that, so I, I get to a point where we can not just think, but we can, we can facilitate, create um, opportunities to have debates, platforms where we can share our thinking and our ideas and utilize and learn how to use technology to, pro, to broadcast our ideas and our conversations and so on and so forth. So one of the course, one of the class, we're going to delve into digital technology, how to leverage technology, social media. I do a lot of that, digital technology. That's what I do, I'm a digital creator in addition to the other stuff I do, okay? Um, so that's one of the so one of the class, we're gonna do that. We're gonna do um, introduction to podcasting and, um, and we're gonna, and you're gonna learn how an introduction to that, just briefly, one class is enough and you will learn that and you will find it quite interesting. It's gonna be powerful, so podcasting, digital technology, and one of the things I'm going to, and blogging, blogging, podcasting, and digital technology. And I will share with you some tools where you can begin. One of the things I want you guys to do, 
JTS student body should have a podcast. Yes? Where you sit down and talk about Caribbean issues and issues affecting the school. The good, the beauty about podcasting is that it the podcast I started in July of 2021 is a is a top-ranked podcast. It, it's heard it, it's heard in 25 different countries and it's in the top five in the world. And I use it as a platform to promote my work and so on. It has done a great, it's doing very well. It's amazing. It's it transforms you, especially when you you start you starting to, to do your own thing. Yeah, when and we will talk about that some more. But this class, I want to leave you with skills when you leave this class. Okay, not just thinkers, but how to create your thinking and promote it. Okay. And not only that, you will have when you're finished, you will have the phone numbers and contact information for, for the guests who will be coming to the class. Okay. When you leave this class, you will leave this class better than you came. When you leave this class, you will get, you will leave, and that's I thought about, you will get skills to do the critical thinking, to tell your story, because I said student learning outcomes. The student on completion of the course will be able to develop their critical thinking and tell their own story. Not just tell it, but utilizing the language of the 20, the media, the medium or the or media of the 21st century, okay, which is communicate digital technology. Somebody said to me, you know what, you know why we're not as competitive in some of our country. I mean, what, so once you have a phone, you can do a lot. Once you have a tablet phone, it's, it's powerful. But some people, but what do we, so we want to, we want to tap into that. We're going to leave, we're going to leave you with skills so that when you, you know, because you can, you know, people don't understand there's things that you can do. But we're going to, and I will talk some more about that, but you will leave this class with the ability to at least be able to start your own podcast. You're going to leave this class, no, um, at least submitted several letters to me. And I will, by the way, I will publish some of your work on the neoliberal realm, the neoliberal post, okay, to share your work. So start developing your writing and stuff. Next week, um, you will know what, for next week, I'm not, I haven't given you a homework. I, I haven't given you homework for next week as yet. Because what I want you guys to do is continue to familiarize yourself with, with the reading. The reading for this week, I'm going to send it to you. And then your job is to, to, to write um, about what you have read. Okay? Um, just interact with it. And just, I'm not going to tell you how to write. Just write, give me a one or two page. I just want to see how you write, how you think. That's it. Okay? How you write and how you think. Um, about any issue that's happening in the, in, in, um, on the newspapers or a general issue that speaks to Caribbean. I am, oh, you have that, you have that, um, sorry, that freedom, that latitude, right? Whatever you want to write about. I just want to see how you write. Because as I said, the first week is introduction, introducing you to the topic, to the outcomes, and so on and so forth, and explore where you can get resources. Um, as I said to you, if you go to my, uh, I will send you a copy of the audio book, Neoliberalism. Uh, I'll also send you copies of other papers and stuff. But um, but for this week, get to know the, get them into the to the outline, okay? Um, also visit my podcast, the Neoliberal Round. I have over 150 episodes. Look at some of the, I think what the first season, the first couple of episodes in the season, I read the entire, I did, I read the entire preface introduction of the book so you can go online or, or but um that's one of the things we have to discuss how you get access to neoliberalism 
But now it's, I don't, I don't know if it's in Jamaica, but I think it's at Sangster's bookstore. Uh, but a lot of the readings, I have copies of the reading, you can access it by just clicking on the link and it takes you straight there. Others, you may have a problem with that. All right, finally, there's um, attendance. There are 13 classes that will cover the course material. The participation is important. Um, I, 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 this is what I'm going to tell you. You get 50%. People don't usually give 15% for attendance. 15% is a lot, okay? Because attending this course, the class is important because the last two classes that I've had, there are people who have very bad attendance, even for online class, which I just don't understand. So I am attaching the 15% to this class. Please, so you have to participate in the class, come to the 